welcome back to Resident Skeptics. It is 2023. I honestly kind of thought 2022 would never end because of the election cycle. It just, <laughs> it felt like it so much. Going. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it was a lot, uh, but we're so happy to be back. Slightly refreshed, not fully refreshed. We have, we'll have to do a segment talking about the crazy holiday stories that we I was in the, there. I was in the Southwest Airlines debacle, debacle over the holidays. So that was, its own, <laughs> that was its own story. <laughs> it really is. Um, but we want to take time to talk about a very important story. Um, as you guys might have known, um, one of the biggest things that happened in 2022 is that Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, just an incredible victory, uh, and we were all really excited about it. One of the cases, though, that was also decided during this time was a, something that had to do um, with a football coach um, that decided that he wanted to have a private prayer on the field. Um, and that ruled in his favor um, for free speech and right for religion. We're so happy to welcome with us here Coach Joe Kennedy, uh, who's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, what his experience was, um, all the different difficulties, uh, the whole process. We're just going to ask him a bunch of questions. Uh, so, Coach, thank you for being here today. Absolutely. I look forward to this. This, this is the big thing of the year. It's the first one. It's awesome. Yes, yes. <laughs> yep. um, so we're just going to go at this like no one has any clue. Tell us like how this happened because you're just a coach. You were just a coach at a high school, right? And suddenly right. this case makes it up to the Supreme Court. There's a lot in between there. So <laughs> kind of just walk us just a little bit through how this happened. Yeah. So everything started from just a compliment. Somebody from one of the school districts saw what we were doing on the football field called the principal of our high school, Bremerton High School, and gave them a compliment saying that what your football program is, what they're doing is really awesome. They witnessed what we were doing after games. And of course, with any kind of compliment, you want to have an investigation and find out what's going on. And it really just blew out of proportions really quickly. Um, you know, the telephone game where the principal talks to athletic director, athletic director talks to the head coach, the head coach talks to the other coaches, which finally gets to me. And by the time it gets to me, if I pray, I'm going to be fired. And it, my prayers were no big deal for eight years. This was in my eighth football season. It was, I usually take a knee by myself. If the team comes out, then I lift both helmets up. And I just say a couple words, God, it's awesome that what these guys did. Thank you for, you know, letting me be part of it. Um, the sportsmanship, the love of the game, those kind of things. Um, kind of a real motivational thing, but it was my prayer to God, thanking him for, you know, what those guys just did on the field. And um, at the, at when this all started, like I said, the telephone game, and then by the time it got to me and they said, you know, don't pray or else you're going to get us all in trouble. Well, of course, I had to, you know, be a, a rebel a little bit and, you know, say, this is my First Amendment. I'm allowed to pray anywhere. It doesn't matter. And I prayed after a game and the investigation um, started. I put one one simple little. Uh, Bit of a lag there. And it went I, I never understood what viral meant until that moment, and it went across a nation. And uh, next thing I know, the school and I are trying to figure out, you know, how do we get out of this mess we got into? Because it's on every single news station. 
And from there, it just became um, their lawyer said, you know, just just to make sure that we don't get into any kind of trouble. Let's just remove the prayer altogether. I mean, they, we went through a bunch of letters of what I could do and what I couldn't do, how I was supposed to pray and all those kind of things. And it never set right with me, but I stopped praying with the team. I, I, I agreed with that. I was like, your school, your rules. I don't want anybody to think that, you know, I'm out there trying to, you know, convert everybody to something. And so I stopped praying with the kids, but their lawyer said, no, he's still doing it by himself. It could potentially be a lawsuit later on. And that's where the fight started. The, the school district lawyers got involved. It became a big hoopla. We went to the district court, to the uh, court of appeals. We went to the Supreme Court, back down to the district court because we didn't have all the facts of the case um, at the beginning. It was just supposed to be able to get me, it was an injunction trying to get me back on the football field, you know, while the, all the court stuff was going on. So that went all the way up to the Supreme Court. They kicked it back down and said, we need to have all the um, details of the case. So what they did is we started uh, depositions, all the investigation, got all the paperwork, went to back to the district court, uh, lost there, went to the court of appeals, really lost there. The guy actually told me that I wasn't even praying right. One of the judges, he said, you should pray like I do, which is really bizarre to me how a sitting judge could tell me how to pray, you know, and yet, you know, I don't even know. So and then it went back to the Supreme Court and uh, they heard the case. And in a nutshell, we rocked it and won six to three and that every American now has the right to be able to pray anywhere in public, at a school, at their job, anywhere in America. It's cool to do. I like how quickly you nutshelled that. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you've had a lot of uh, 60 second take. Uh, practice on that. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I've told the story a couple times and, you know, there's so many details and there's so much to it that with my life, with my family, with the team, um, with the school district, our, everybody in my community. So it was a big deal. And, you know, just to give all the, the high overview is really easy to do. It's when you get down to the details of it, that gets, that's where it gets uh, real messy. Right. Well, well, let's do that just a little bit um, because I am, I am curious because again we hear about these Supreme Court cases and something that's local becomes national and so suddenly everyone across the country has something to say about it. You talked a little bit about the community. How did they feel about it? Like, were they having the same reactions as the entire nation was, or was it just something completely different? No, it was very much like the the rest of the nation. It was almost overwhelmingly in my favor of this is so ridiculous. You got this coach, you know, Bremerton is not a big town, 30,000 people. Everybody knows Bremerton. It's not the best school in our, you know, um, in uh, Kitsap County. We got uh, where all the good kids go to all the other schools and everybody else goes to Bremerton. It's where the gangs are, you know, all the minorities, all the poor people go to Bremerton. So the community is really tight in, in knowing what's going on everywhere. And the, everybody, I would say probably 90% of the people were on my side going, this is so dumb. This is ridiculous. If the guy wants to give a prayer of thanks afterwards, then cool. It wasn't like I was a you know bad coach or a bad guy. I know these guys. I went to a school. I grew up there. My family's from there. My kids are going to the high school. My wife works for the school district. So the community, we... We're very much involved with it. 
And there was this huge outcry from the community. People were at the district um, board meetings and really just, you know, up in, in arms over it going, this is ridiculous how you, you could try to take somebody's rights away like that. Yeah. And it must have been kind of weird because if you have all of this kind of community support, but tell me if I'm right, you made it through like seven different courts. Is that right? Seven? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. Seven courts. Can you tell me how you reconciled that feeling of like, okay, the community's on my side. Everyone's on my side. Why aren't the courts on my side? Like, why, why is this not matching up? Like, how, how did that feel? That, that was the most bizarre thing. You know, when, when I first went to court, I thought it was going to be something like law and order where, you know, <laughs> boom, boom, everything happens and the, the court, uh, the judge hears it and rules and the next day, you know, everything's finished and completed. But when I was there, I was sitting in the room and I was sitting there with all the school people from the school district who I'm suing, which was that in itself was absolutely bizarre. These people have been my friends and like family for almost a decade. And, you know, here I am sitting in court fighting with them over something so dumb as somebody taking a knee for 30 seconds. So when the judge was sitting there at the district level, he, he sat there and he was saying all the right things. He was saying, you know, when I played sports, I play, I prayed with my, my coaches. Um, when my dad was a coach, he prayed with his team. And I'm like, oh, slam dunk, we're going to nail this. And he says, however, due to today's climate, and it floored me. I'm sitting there going, today's climate. You're supposed to be a judge and impartial. You're not a weatherman. Don't talk about the climate to me. And it, it was just so bizarre that everybody thought I was doing things that had nothing to do with the case itself. The question was, does a person have a right to pray alone after a football game? They were trying to make it out where I'm pushing kids or co coercing kids and, and just doing all these things that was, was never in the facts of the case. And they, it was hugely misrepresented. And the school district lawyers didn't do a good job of that. They, they kind of spun it into it and say, look, here's pictures of him still praying with his team. And it wasn't even my team. So it was real baffling to me how the courts looked at it from a different lens than what the facts of the case were. They were looking at it from kind of like a political or a, um, I don't know, one of the side or the other of, of their lenses instead of looking at it what I considered the, the constitution and, and what the law is. Yeah. It's just so funny that the judge said due to the climate and didn't even consider the first amendment, like, you know, the, the very basic law. As if law that's of the changed. Land. Right. Right. And, and when I went to the court of appeals, the ninth circuit has, I didn't know, but they take the whole, you know, the whole entire West coast. And I didn't know they were the most overturned, the most liberal court, um, um, court, uh, you know, and it's the biggest. It's the Ninth Circuit is the biggest with the most judges, and it, it's it's very left leaning. And it was very interesting to see that the lead judge that was um, we had a three judge panel from the Ninth Circuit, and the main guy he used to be a school district lawyer representing the school. I'm like, how is this not a conflict of interest? I mean, yeah. it came from from his perspective of defending the school instead of looking at what the law is and what the facts are right right and that's and that's just what boggles my mind it doesn't make it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me but you know, what what state are you in um remind uh, me i am yeah i'm currently in florida down in pensacola mm. florida 
Oh, Very nice. what a dream. What a dream. But the, the <laughs> yeah, school district. Yeah, it was district, 80 degrees today. It was so nice. The school district, um, the, where, you were, where you were playing football or coaching football, uh, rather, uh, where, where was that? That's in Bremerton, Washington. If you just take a left from Seattle across the water, when you see the iconic uh, pictures of Seattle, you see these beautiful ferry boats going across the Puget Sound. That's where they're going. They go to Bremerton. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Cause I was just kind of curious. Cause I don't know Washington. I don't keep up with Washington. I'm going to be very honest. I don't know like <laughs> if they're more a red leaning state or more of a, no, blue it's the left coast. It's, it's, it's like blue. San Francisco, yeah. LA, Oregon, Portland. Yeah. They're yeah. all crazy. That's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of what I, what I thought there. But um, so yeah, you, you go through this process and, and Connor just stop me if I, okay. You're good. I'll let you keep going. <laughs> Connor is like the, he's the silent type. And then, and then he, he comes out with the big question later. Cause I just get the story going. So yeah, he drops the bomb. Boom. No, that's, that, <laughs> that is him. Though. That's just cause my mind is slower at processing this. Stuff. I've got time to go over it. Yeah. I'm with you brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you're going through this process. Um, you go through seven, you go through seven courts. Um, I am kind of curious to know a little bit about kind of how this affected you as a person, uh, how this affected your family, um, and how this kind of changed the bonds within your community. I know I just put three things into one yeah. question uh, so you can, you know, do what you want with it. Yeah, but it's very much all intertwined. Like I said earlier, you know, the, 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 town we live in is a small town. Everybody knows each other. Um, everybody works at either the school district or one of the local places like the Puget Sound Naval Shipyard where I worked. So it very much was, and, and my, like I said, my kids went to the school and my wife worked for the school. So it was, it was huge. It, it affected my family more than it affected me, I, I would have to say, because my wife, you know, when you sue your wife and their employers, it kind of makes things in your life kind of weird. That, um, you know, that is mm -hmm. a little awkward. Not mm -hmm. going to lie. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. We had some intense fellowship over, over the years <laughs> and um, it was, yeah, it was really weird for my kids because I had two kids in the high school at the time and they were like, Oh, that's my dad. You know, I mean, they thought it was cool because we were trending. But um, it was really, really weird. And it did, you know, there was, of course, people in the community that were up in arms over one thing or another. I had a bunch of people that I worked with who I thought were my friends that all of a sudden they were like, I can't believe that you would try to do this to kids. And I'm going, what are you talking about? And I lost a lot of friends over over this whole thing because people never communicate anymore. They just pick one side and they're, they're so head down and, and focused that they never, you know, open their minds or their ears and they think they know exactly the way to, you know, decipher things. And it was, it was really tough on my family because it's drug on for, what is this, nine football seasons now. So you can imagine every time it was in the news or every time we went to court, it all spun back up again. And it, it was these big highs and lows throughout the years that really, you know, it takes its toll on you. I mean, I was a younger man and uh, I look at pictures when this all started and I was like, holy crap, I, I aged a bunch since this all started. <laughs> so I don't know if I was supposed to say that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, it it, it, it has taken a toll, it, especially the first four years, because that's where all my guys were. They were still 
Um, I had the incoming freshman class. So I, I was invested in these kids for the first four years. After that, a lot of it faded because my guys were already graduated and, and off in college and with their own lives. So right. things got better as time went on. Right. And about your team, I mean, what did your team think? Like when they heard about this, like what was their reaction? Yeah. So I didn't keep any secrets from the team whatsoever. Every day I updated them on what was going on. I was very open with the co- with the uh, coaches and the team, and I didn't want to hide anything. We were very upfront with everything, and we were so much of a family that I felt like it was my responsibility to keep them involved. And they they really wanted to. Hey, coach, we're going to protest. We're going to put our our helmets down after the the um. Uh, national anthem and we're going to walk out the field and I'm like whoa 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 back up no <laughs> this is my fight your fight is on the football field mine this is my fight here so um I talked them off the cliff and and they just they responded so well I mean they were really upset it was a huge distraction for everybody on the kids thought it was cool because they were trending like I said and you know they were on the news they're all clowning and hi mom and all that kind of stuff but um, yeah, it, it kind of took away from the game, which was, uh, it, it sucked. It really did to have, you know, this kind of distraction going on in, in a time where we're trying to get to the playoffs and, you know, we're all about the football season. I just wanted to ignore all everything that was going on and let us focus on the game and we'll work all these details off in the off season, but that's not the way it played out. Yeah, because you so you said this was nine football seasons. This whole court case went on so nine nine years. I'm assuming that that's nine. Yeah, years? 2015, and we're going into so there was the 2015 season, and here we're going into the 2023 season. That's way too long to mm. to drag this out. Yeah, because and the reason why I just kind of asked you, okay, you know, what did the community think? You know, okay, what did the team think? You know, what did what did all these people think? Like most of them seemed like they were just like, yeah, you know, we're 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 pretty much fine with this uh, for the most part. We really really don't care too much. Um, but then it seemed like you had these lawyers come in and kind of and kind of imply like, hey, if if this isn't taken care of, you know, you could be sued or or something like that. So I'm just trying to get a grasp of where the community actually stood, supposed to what was bringing it on that they thought that they had to make this change with you? Yeah. And and that was the thing that it really started out as a simple question. And that's all it was. It, am I allowed to do this? And we went back and forth with the lawyers, lawyers, you know, when they get involved, everything kind of, you know, goes downhill from there. And the school district third verse to being sued, which I understand they're trying to protect themselves, but it, by them not taking a side and waiting for the courts to decide, you had all these other groups that were coming in. Um, that you know, we had the Satanist group come in and you know protested at one of the games. They showed up in in their um, you know outfits, black robes, horns, a whole nine yards. You know, wow. so it, they protest we, for or against you? Against me? Well, I don't know if it was really against me because I, I thought that was kind of entertaining. They just wanted the same right that I had. They said, well, if he could pray, we should be able to come in and pray. Right. And I'm to someone I could understand that, but it was more of a, you know, one of those things to get attention and to be in the media and stuff like that, which I just wanted the media to go away and, and let us just do what we needed to do. 
Right. Right. And, and when this whole thing with free speech, like you're, you're, are you just praying in your head or like you just, you're just doing your own thing? Yeah. So the way it started, I started myself and, and this was at the very beginning. I watched Facing the Giants. Um, it's, it's, it's a um, Christian movie, football movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it was playing right when I was offered the job. Uh, I got offered the job on a Friday and that movie came on over the weekend, which is a huge coincidence. And, you know, I was like, I hear you, God, you're calling me to do this. And I just like in the movie, I'm going to give you, you know, the phrase after every game, one or lose right there on the battlefield. And that's the way it started. And for about six months, um, I just prayed by myself. It was me taking a knee after you shake hands with the other team and the other coaches. And as I was walking back to the be- um, to the sidelines or to our bench, I would just take a knee, face the scoreboard, take a knee at midfield. Thank God and peace out. I went back along my with my business. Well, about six months into it, I had a couple players say, Coach, what are you doing out there? And I was like, oh, I'm just thanking God for what you guys did. So they asked if they could join me. And I was like, uh, it's a free country. You can do whatever you want to do. And so some of them came out. And then it kind of grew over the years. And depending, you know, if, if we lost by 60 points, obviously a team doesn't want to hear a prayer or thanks about getting their butts kicked. Or if we won, you know, by 60 points, they're so busy, you know, celebrating, they didn't even think about praying. So it was hit and miss. It was never anything that was, you know, it was ma- it was never mandatory. It wasn't um, like something that needed to be done. It just became part of what our tradition of what we were doing. Hey, let's go join, join coach and listen to him. Thank God for this. And they started inviting the other team. So hit and miss. We had all the coaches either at one time or all the players at one time. And then at, towards the, um, I don't know, probably about the third year, they said, hey, can we, because it's such a small town that kids go from our school to some of the other schools. They all grow up together. You know, they go to middle school and, and elementary school together. And then when high school comes, they kind of all go their own ways. And so they said, hey, can we invite some of the other players? And I'm like, man, free country, your team, you do what you want. So, um, yeah, it went like that for in, into the eighth year. And then, like I said, when the school district said, just stop praying with the kids. I told them, hey, you know, I don't want to get anybody in any more trouble. We don't need any of this stuff. So while you guys are doing the fight song, I'm just going to take a knee by myself and thank God. And that's what happened. There was nothing else to it. They weren't, I wasn't still, you know, being defiant saying, I'm going to pray with the kids no matter what, no matter what the news is. That's not what happened. And it was me praying alone. And you can read all the, all the um, sworn testimonies from the school district. There was never any time where I was um, forcing kids or putting pressure on kids. Nobody ever felt like it was something they needed to do. And it it shows in the record that I stopped praying with the kids and I, and I was suspended mid season and ultimately terminated because of my, my prayers at the 50 yard line, plain and simple. And that's what the Supreme court actually came to and, and looked at that and, that's how they got to their ruling. Right. Because uh, I, I admit, I didn't read all of the case because uh, it seemed it was about 75 pages long. I was like, I haven't read it. I won't read it. That's <laughs> mumbo, legal mumbo jumbo. 
it honestly it is because you know you're just talking here you're just giving very common sense you know pretty logical you know nothing crazy uh and you know this opinion you know Gorchich is a good writer um so he does a good job breaking it down all the all the stuff all the stuff like that but you had most of the most of the judges that lean right you know they they ruled in your favor and then the ones that dissented um was Sotomayor not yeah. Roberts though but there's a couple other ones I only know Sotomayor um she's she's the main one um I had a question like that was on the tip of my tongue. Yes. Okay. Here's what I, here's what I was thinking as you've just been talking this entire time is that I think that there's this, this odd movement that's happening in our country where they're like, Hey, you can have your right to religion as long as you just keep it in your home. If you just keep it in your home and you don't bring it out there, then we're fine. But that ruins the entire point of having a religion, like not just Christianity, but other religions as well. Christians, if you're going to be a true Christian, you can't just be a Christian in your home and then not be a Christian in the public space. You know, that's pretty common stuff. But also, again, I, that's the reason why I asked you, like, what kind of prayer? It's like you're just praying, you know, with yourself. You know, you're praying to God on your own. It's not like you're, you know, trying to say, like, hey, guys, before the game, I want to take a mic and just pray over the whole stadium and do all that. You just did it on your own and that became a problem so i think even though this is i guess a small case that made it to the top this is an overarching issue that we're seeing in this country where they want it's not just with praying it's with and i'm going into a whole thing here uh joe so i'll stop in a second um but but also in regards to what you believe about marriage like hey you can believe certain things about marriage in your home um, but if you decide to bring this out into your, not into your public life and into your business, you know, into your, um, into your, uh, workplace, you know, that's, that's a real problem. And so that's why I think talking about this is so important, um, because it's coming for all of us at some point. Um, it's not oh, just yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree with that because I mean, could you imagine somebody saying to a Jewish person, you can't wear your yarmulke? Or, you know, a, a Muslim that, um, you know, wanted to pray to Mecca or some people, you know, they got all different, they, they got all these different religious things to mm -hmm. them, you know, the wearing the um, the headdresses and stuff like that, mm -hmm. or the women that, that cover um, everything. It's, would you ever say they can't do that out in public or at a, you know, their job? Never. So why would this be any different? And my whole thing wasn't a huge I, I lack of better words, it wasn't a huge religious thing. It was more of the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. I was a Marine for 20 years, and you know the, the Constitution really means something to me and, and uh, people's rights. So it, it's interesting to have people say, "Well, would you feel the same way if that you were, um, you know, if this was a Muslim?" Well, yeah, the, mm -hmm. the First Amendment applies to every American, not just a few of Christians or this or that or whatever. You know, and they could put labels all day long, but it applies to every American. And that was my big rub and, and why I, I, I stayed in the fight so long is because, you know, I got that, that Marine in me that, you know, the Constitution has to mean something. And the rights of Americans have been trotted on and we keep giving up little bits and pieces that, you know, before long, you can't even pray in public. Seriously, is that is that what our country is coming to or, or I can't wear a cross or you know, I can't wear a yarmulke. Are we really going to go there? But it seemed like that's where the somebody had to make a stand. And I just yeah. happened to be the stubborn mule to do that. 
Yeah, we're happy that you did. Mm -hmm. um, but there's there's another piece that we haven't talked about. Um, we haven't really talked much about you praying itself. Like you are, would you call yourself um, a Christian? What would you consider yourself? Wow, you know, um, I've been asked that a million times and everybody labels me as a Christian. I think God is awesome. You know, I believe Jesus is the son. I, I mean, I could go into all the things that I believe. But I, I don't understand the whole, you know, Trinity thing, the three in one, all, all that stuff is way beyond me. My thing is God's awesome. He's the creator of everything. And no matter what you believe, it's just about every, you know, people believe in something, whatever they want to call it. If they want to call it, you know, Buddhism or if they want to call it Allah or whatever, it's all comes down to the same thing. Don't be a jerk, which, you know, is the golden rule. And, you know, I just want to love God and love others. That's my whole thing with Christianity or whatever people want to label me as is mm -hmm. that's it. You know, I, I don't know the Bible well. I really don't like going to church. Um, I like being out there and living the way that, you know, that scriptures and, and, and that whole Bible thing says you can read any any of the books and it's all comes down to don't be a jerk. I mean, pretty much. I mean definitely obviously said like more complicated but i mean the bible does boil down to i say my my youth pastor told me it was, two, it was three things love god love others and make disciples those are the three things oh disciples yeah really, be, yeah i didn't even know that one see you just taught me something hey <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um but connor what do you got yeah, yeah. uh i think something that i'm kind of curious about you mentioned the the telephone game at the beginning and I'm, I'm kind of curious if you ever found out what started as a compliment, uh, I think you said from another school or, or another team, how did that get translated into launching an investigation with people upset thinking you're forcing kids? I mean, I was, I'm assuming that's probably where it got to, uh, but did yeah. you ever, were you ever, were you ever able to pin down where that, uh, where such a compliment just turned into such a negative? Uh, yeah. So it like, you know, exactly like you said, it was a compliment. So when we did the telephone game, the principal was just concerned to make sure that we were doing the right thing. The school district has a very clear guidance on what you can and can't do. And it's so simple. It said you cannot encourage nor discourage kids in prayer. Mm -hmm. That's an easy one. And that's he wanted to make sure that we were abiding by that. So he went to the athletic director who was the new athletic director, he was nervous that the principal's asking him questions. So to eliminate it, hey, the principal is asking questions about Kennedy's prayer because the principal said, hey, attach yourself to Kennedy's hip. I want to make sure we, he's, you know, we're doing what we're, we're, we're not out of balance in anything. And I want a report on what's happening. Well, who wants to, you know, report back to the, to the principal that, you know, oh yeah, he's doing this prayer. It's so much easier to say, Hey, the principal's asking about it, so just don't do it. And then when the lawyers, they were the risk adverse, and they said, you know, just remove the prayer altogether. That's when things and school district kind of lost their way, I would say, from taking that standpoint of, you know, just asking the question, uh, can can he or can't he, to where the special interest group, the uh, I forget what they're called, the something of separation in church and state this special interest group took over the case and they were the ones that have been the driving force they want to remove 
all religion from every part of the public domain. And that's where the huge rub really hit. And they went on their own tangents. They made up all their own narratives. And it's, it's amazing to go from what, if you are bored enough to read from the very beginning, the first letter that the school district to what they presented at the Supreme Court, they were totally 180 out from what, where we all started. So am I am I understanding this correctly that it seems like the school board was influenced by this special interest group to do this oh, and yeah. that's where the and that's where the 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 pedal to the metal kind of started Absolutely it was it was that that group that was the one that and what is the school district going to do go against what their lawyers are telling them they're they're going to fall in line with whatever the lawyers say I learned so much about the school district how they're they really don't stand on any leg whatsoever. They will be influenced by whoever yells the most or has the most influence over them. And the scary thing is, is in Washington state, the lawyer group in Washington state represents almost all of Washington. So we had all of Washington, you know, school districts looking at this case going, Oh yeah, Kennedy's a bad person for praying and you've got to remove prayer from the school. And, Oh yeah, he's a bad apple and stuff, and just kind of it, it was really went sideways from where we all started, and it was very unfortunate. And nobody wanted to do this. And um, the, the superintendent, I, I had the most respect for that guy. He's to me, he's a personal friend even to today. He went to my um, he went to my depositions. I went to his, and we no lie, we hugged each other and was like, man, that just sucked, but. Like we said, we're never going to take this personal. We're trying to get an answer to the question. So mm-hmm. we've never taken it personal. Everybody else seems to have gone crazy about it. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Because you have, you know, it's just this small group of people was like, this is an issue. And then the rest of us are like, what issue? Uh, so that's pretty much a very, <laughs> very simple way of putting it there. Did, uh, did anything change at the school as a result from their initial policy? Oh, yeah. Everybody was afraid to even mention religion. That's what was really. Yeah, that was so unfortunate that, um, you know, Seattle Times are way more liberal than Bremerton. Bremerton's more of a blue collar down. Um, And it it was interesting that the media plays such a huge role in it. And they basically all the drones fall into place. And when they tell the narrative. That's what they're going to go with. So it was really, really weird to see how it took on life of its own over something so simple, so something so straightforward as, and you know, even when I was sitting there after the Supreme Court um, heard the case, I'm going, all this hoopla over somebody taking a knee for 30 seconds. I, yeah. I still can't wrap my brain around it. Yeah, because I'm like, like how, like that's how you felt when it was it was revealed. You're like, well, this is great, but. I wish we didn't have to do all of this, basically. Yeah, and and the personal side of me, you know, the 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 I, I would say the the person in my flesh wanted to agree with the school district. I didn't want to fight this. I wanted to coach football. I didn't want any of this nonsense, and I definitely didn't want to fight for you know nine football seasons for something so trivial, taking a knee. But it is a bigger thing that if you take one piece of the Constitution away. That's one shape in the armor that everything else falls apart. It's like the domino effect. And if you take away the First Amendment, and that's what um, the Gorsuch, however you say his name, Gorsuch. Yeah. Yeah. How he's, you know, he said it that the First Amendment is to complement each other, the free um, exercise and 
and you know the freedom of speech. Those are supposed to all work together, not be adverse to each other. So I I understood the the, the principle of the First Amendment, and that's very much what it means today. Is that everybody has the right to to their you know read what the Bill of Rights say and all our amendments, all those kind of things. If we actually educate ourselves, it's amazing what people will learn instead of what they think, like the separation of church and state. Everybody thought that that's part. I've heard that a million times. It's not and a I'm part like, of the it's not part of the Constitution. That was something that uh, Thomas Jefferson wrote, um, I believe. Right. And it was to protect the church from the government coming in and taking it over. Amazing. So I don't know how we went from Congress shouldn't pass, you know, any laws with with as far as religion goes. Well, I'm about as far away from Congress as you could probably get. I'm a high school football coach. Really? Yeah. You know, I mean, ridiculous to me. Yeah. And I think it's more it's more ridiculous again. I kind of just go back to what I said in the beginning with that, with the courts not not even taking the law of the land seriously. Like they are so taken in by their own bias and what they want to be happening. And they don't actually look at the Constitution itself, which is a which is a shame um, that has that has to be the case. Um, thankfully, right now in the Supreme Court, seems like we have a not that the right is always correct. Um, but it seems like we have a good we have a good balance there where we can get some good cases going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you take a look at America, most people are moderate. We're right in the middle. You know, you have your extremes on both sides. And it seems like the courts are either so far on one side or the other, which is not what courts are supposed to be about. Like you said, the they're supposed to look at the law of the land and the Constitution and those things and and rule upon that, not on political parties and all that nonsense that they're doing yeah because it's it's not the court of opinion we already have a court of opinion outside of the supreme court and outside of the other courts of the land we don't we don't need any more of that yeah. um, isn't that facebook or twitter or instagram i think it's one yeah, of those <laughs> something something like that but you kind of brought up a good point just there even you're making that joke like people get their information in these small kind of these small little sound bites um or like little posts about things and to a certain extent like for example, like with articles about you, I can guarantee you that people just read they headlines. Read, they read the headlines and they read <laughs> probably a biased article um, that's not giving the full picture of the story. So they're not even doing their own research. And then they read the small little bit and they're like, I know what happened here. I know the situation. Right. And it's like, you got to stop, take a deep breath and be like, okay, let's just think about this. Let's see how this plays out. Let's look into this. We really want to form a critical case, you know, let's take a look at that. And what an interesting thing is um, people like ESPN, ESPN did the best write-up I have ever seen in my life. I mean, it was awesome because they just told my story plain and simple. There was no bias. There was no opinion. It was, they told my story. That's that's real journalism though. That's real journalism. And had to come well, to the then you had, yeah, then you had Sports Illustrated. The guy came out and spent about um, two, three days with us and worked on this article about, you know, my story. He worked on it for at least a month, and he he wrote his first edition of it was phenomenal. And if you go back and read Sports Illustrated, it looks like it's bipolar. Once he submitted this to his editors, they were like, "There's no way you could publish it." There's no mm. drama. There's no this. And after they butchered it, you can read it. And it looks like a bipolar person. And they called me out and slammed the heck out of me right after this one part says all these good things about me. And I'm going, 
you know, if you want to fight, I called out um, Sports Illustrated on, I don't remember which network it was, but it, I was like, you want to call me out Sports Illustrated? You want to fight? Meet me in the octagon. And, you know, that's the way I'm used to fighting. You know, let's, let's face man to man and talk about this. And we need to go to blows. Let's do it. Don't sit there and write all this tax stuff on me and make up these things to make it more, you know, more drama and more suspenseful. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, you have a much more passive, aggressive uh, generation, especially with social media. It's pretty <laughs> easy to say whatever the heck you want. And then oh. um, you don't ever have to face the person. You don't have to look them in the eye and tell them what you what you really think. Um, that's why I have a rule. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of death threats. And I was like, all right, tough guy, let's meet at Noah's Ark. I wouldn't call those people out. Let's meet. Come on. You, you want to come? We come and meet me. And yeah. Yeah. Let's just, let's just talk. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. And that's and that's a problem because when I because I write articles for resident skeptics and when I write like anything that I write, I will say straight to your face with no problems. And I should I and that it. helps me evaluate what I'm writing and say what I actually say this out loud. It's a little harsh, but yeah, I probably would. <laughs> um, and then that's and that's OK. Um, but anyway, we kind of digress a little bit, uh, Connor. Yeah, kind of. I kind of been having a thought. Uh, and I'm not totally sure how to phrase it, but I'll try to make my way through it. Um, yeah. You mentioned as, as people continue to gather in uh, on your on your prayer sessions uh, and join you, free of their 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 will and their choice, uh, you kept making the statement it's a free country. Uh, when the lawyers came in and just said you should just do away with prayer by yourself as a group, all of it together, and it gets to the point where they just the school doesn't want to discuss religion. Did it ever feel like the country is not as free as he thought it once was? Oh, absolutely. That's why it was so mind-boggling to me that this was a something that needed to go to court because something so trivial as that, are you really going to take, is this worth suing somebody over a 30-second prayer? This is America, the land of the free, the home of the brave, all those things that you grow up in here. And I'm sitting there thinking, what a bunch of crap. That, 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 that's so not true. Take a look at you can't even talk about genders anymore. You can't. We're, we're so political that it's just absolutely ridiculous. And I'm like, I, I don't buy into any of that nonsense. You know, I had to put my stake in the ground right there on the 50 yard line and said, I, you know, you shall not pass. That's the way it came down to where we, we were at a, you know, we couldn't talk anymore. We, we couldn't. The, the school district, they gave me a letter, the school district lawyers that said I was to have no more contact with the school district unless it went through the lawyers. That shut down all communication before even the lawsuit started. And I'm going, how can you talk as adults and, and educate our youth if you can't even have a conversation among adults as the leaders of the school district? It, it's sad, but that's where we are as a society. So I, I felt very much, you know, and I still feel good about standing um, where I stood and taking this all the way to the end. Because if you don't, who's going to do it? I mean, I'm I'm not the only guy that's annoyed with what's going on. And you guys, I don't know if you listen to your podcast, you guys have, you know, some pretty good statements inside there. You have your positions. Well, we're the only, it seems like we're the only ones doing anything about it. Where's the rest of America standing up for themselves? And standing up for what's right instead of what's popular or in the news or any of the buzzwords or anything going on. 
sorry, I'm digressing. No, no, no we, we want you to talk. We're we're all about yeah, that. He, he um, got me all way to go, Connie. He got me all spun up. <laughs> I told you, I told you, he has the bombs. It's just the psh, and there it is. Um, but kind of like half answering the question that was kind of rhetorical. It's like, why won't people stand up? Is because they're so dang scared. Um, they're so dang scared of a group that's about this big. Um, because yeah. I think that you're correct. Is that um, most people are pretty are pretty moderate um, all around. Um, like. For example, and this is very off topic, but when it comes to abortion, there's a people that are on the really far, you know, we want to we want to kill them nine months. And then obviously have very strong pro-life that are like in conception. Connor and I have our opinions on that. But if you pull Americans, most of them are are pretty actually pretty moderate. But they're like that nine months. That's crazy. That's insane. Um, now, I don't think the middle position is, you know, amazing, but it shows that there's much more moderation to the American people than we would, we would be led to believe by all the news articles, by the super left wing um, publications and, you know, people in Congress and obviously our celebrities who are in the oh. most left wing, <laughs> <laughs> the most left winged area possible um, trying to represent. Where do they them. live? I want to know where these people get their ideas from because it's not the real world. I don't, I don't understand them. Sorry, but no, no, yeah, I, I feel you. Crazy. I get what you're saying. No, it's it's crazy stuff. <laughs> like Jennifer Lawrence being like, "Yeah, I was the first, I was the first um, person they ever made as a female lead." Um, I don't know if you ever heard that, but she she did make that claim very recently. Um, but they oh. they're not in touch with reality, uh, and so yeah. you have people that are not in touch with reality trying to decide. Yeah, Robert De Niro. Go ahead. Oh, I thought you were just like doing a little quick cough there, but. But yeah, you have people that are not in touch with the reality, trying to make reality um, for normal people that don't live in that kind of world, which is crazy, mm -hmm. you know, because California will eventually break off from America, like literally, and then, you know, they'll be oh, just yeah. float away to China or something. I, I'm not <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, we're the, yeah, we're this baby country, you know, everybody else has been through this. Name, uh, name anywhere. You know, you look at the Soviet Union. That was huge. Who was going to break up the USSR? And guess what happened? That was like the United States. It was huge. Rome fell. Every everybody goes through this growing pain, and that's where America is at right now. In in my personal opinion, is that we've lost our way and we forgot what we're so bored that we have to make up new stuff. Mm -hmm. And people don't think about anything for themselves. If you know Jennifer Lawrence says this, or Robert De Niro says that, or Tom Hanks, you, you pick anybody. If they say it, that's what people believe instead of having a mind of their own. It's this weird group thought and. People forgot how to use their own brains to communicate. Yeah, no, and I think you're right. And I think it's cool that, again, I think you did the right thing with your players. Like if they have that choice, if they want to pray with you or not, they have to make that choice. They have to critically think that through and decide if that's something that they want. And they did. Um, some of them did, some of them didn't, you know, and and that and that's what happened. Um, oh, and, and to put a pin on that is uh, I had a couple of kids. People always ask me, what if somebody didn't want to pray? Well, I had two specific guys that I remember that came up and said, coach, I, I don't believe in, in prayer. I don't want to be part of it. And I was like, cool, what do you want to do? And they said, well, I'll take care of the equipment and anybody else is struggling uh, around or whatever, if anybody else doesn't want to do it. I mean, both of those with my team captains because mm -hmm. they showed leadership. So this whole thing that the school district at the very end said, oh yeah, he was, uh, if the kids felt, you know, pressured because, if, if they didn't pray, they didn't get a play. And I'm going, where the heck did you get that idea? That is so, I'm not, I'm, 
I'm like the JV head coach. I'm just an assistant coach for the varsity. I don't do starting lineups. I don't say who gets to play. And on JV, guess what? Everybody plays. Every single person. They don't all get trophies, but everybody competes. So, yeah, I don't know where they get their ideas from and, and all these buzzwords that they use and phrases. It's yeah. yeah. No, it sounds like it. You don't even give them a participation trophy, coach? No participation oh, trophy? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> if they don't put out effort, I am all over their butts. Um, yeah, I expect be. the most every single time out of them. We had a time where one of um, our, our team just gave up on the football field and it was obvious they gave up and all the coaches were sitting there going, what do we do? And I said, if they want to give up, let them. Let's not go back out there and coach them. And oh my gosh, that that year, very next year with that group of guys, they figured it all out and we won uh, the championship the next year. Nice. Because they, they you know, that we need tough love sometimes. It's not all the time, but discipline is something that i definitely demanded from my football team at all times we would have fun but yeah no there's rules to everything and no participation trophies nope get off my team if you want to go play tennis (laughs) i was actually listening to a uh, a comedy uh stand-up about how this guy was basically saying that tennis is like the most weird like sport that there is because of the way they do their points and stuff but anywho um i did (laughs) it is odd it is like super (laughs) odd it's like the first like the first point you get is like 15 points for the first two and then if you make if you make a third then that's only 10 points yeah it's really yeah 15 30 40 45 yeah i don't know who does and i think it's match point after that Yeah. yeah there is there is something i wanted to ask you though there's two things um the, the the first thing I want to ask, kind of just to wrap up this portion, um, is so you won the Supreme Court case, yay, woohoo! Um, what did you get out of it? Like, what did you want from from them by suing? My job. So there's there's My no job. no money, nothing. Oh I, no, I don't get a dime. Only thing I asked for was was my job back. I wanted to be a coach, and I wanted to have the right to be able to pray after a game. That was Those it. The only no, no, no money hmm. for legal fees, nothing. Oh well, I mean, my lawyers are—they're they're probably get legal fees because um, they won. But I, I don't see a dime of that. I'm not getting paid anything. I it was I didn't care about money. It was a principle of it. I might not have all the morals and everything else, and you know, always follow the rule. But I have principles, and that was one of them. I had to stand by that. This had nothing to do with money. It's had to do with nothing else except for those two things. I wanted to be able to be a coach and have my First Amendment rights to be able to thank God afterwards. That was it. Wow. Yeah. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna interject on your other question, so you'll have to hold on to it. Um, but as you were going through the process uh, of getting to the Supreme Court, were you still able to coach, or did you have to step out of that completely? Yeah, so they suspended me uh, halfway through the season um, in the 2015 season. So um, I attended every game um, for probably first couple of years. Um, but every game that that season I attended, I, I had to sit in the stands and, and watch my team play. And uh, at the end of the year, we get um, it's just rolled over the coaches. We, we sit down and we get our evaluations and say, do you want to coach again next year? And they say, yes 
or no. And we there's a box on there that says, I want to return coaching. And then there's another box that says, do you want this person to coach again? Well, at the end of the year, they said, do not, you know, it, they wrote me bad on everything they said. Yeah, he was this, he was that. And, you know, marked me down on my evaluation. It says, you know, checked on there that says, do not, um, we don't want this guy back. And then on the big bold at the bottom of it says, do not rehire. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but that is a death sentence to anybody. If you know anything about a job, you know, yeah. and we never reapplied or anything. We did, we just got rolled over year after year. And the only thing that changed between, you know, the previous year, the seventh year and the eighth year was a prayer thing that, that became this big hoopla. But I never changed any of my practices. And I got I, I was rated highest in all of these things. And all the contributions I did to the team, and it it was so weird to 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 see all these things that I've been marked down for that I didn't change. It was still me, still doing the same thing that I've done from day one. So yeah, I was I was removed from the team. I couldn't be participate. I couldn't interact with the team um, on the in a, a professional way. Uh, I still stayed in contact with all of them. We were on social media. We'd meet after games. Um, you know, on weekends, we'd go, you know, I'd take them out to lunch or whatever. I was very much involved with them for the first couple of years while I still had guys there. Mm -hmm. So you never got to return to the school then? No. Um, and that's what I just won the right to. Um, the, the Supreme Court ruled that they have to give me my job back. And um, they just, we, we were still working out the final details. We go into mediation at the end of this month. So that pay attention to that um but but now you live in um, florida right yeah yeah i'm going back on january 30th to start my paperwork and finish up the mediation talk to the coaches talk to the school district and you know start all the paperwork process of getting rehired and really feeling it out and find out what's what's next but mm -hmm. um i have um my plan and the school's plan as far as i know is i will be on the sideline for the 2023 season Okay. How's that, how's that feeling coming up to, to being able to work there again? Is it still a lot of the same people as when you left no, or they rotated no. out? Um, uh, you know, I, every time I'm back home and, and all our families in Bremerton, so it's not like I'm all the way across the country without ever going back. My kids live there. So we got three kids, four kids now living in Washington. Um, who else is there? Um, all my wife's family, except for her dad, that's why we're in Florida. Um, my parents live there. All my foster families are there. All my friends, everybody is in Bremerton. So we go quite often back there. And, you know, I attend football games. So I just saw um, th this last season, we we're getting ready to go to the playoffs. And I wanted to attend a couple of the games. And I went to the game and, you know, we sat there, we watched a football game. And I looked out there, I didn't recognize a single kid. I saw a couple last names from, they must have been in grade school when, um, so they were the little brothers of some of the guys that I coached, right. which was really weird. Um, and there was uh, three coaches, I think, that were still there when I was there. So mostly it's been a huge turnover, a new head coach, um, whole new coaching staff. So it's really weird. And I have a lot of anxiety about going back, mostly due, due to the fact of, I'm, what am I going back to where uh, am I going to be? I'm, I, I don't know where I would feel if somebody said, hey, you have to hire this coach back and into this program that's already established. 
And you know, there's going to be media crap, which I didn't want to start with. And now I'm going to be bringing that back into the, um, back to the school district. So there's a lot of workout. I have a lot of anxiety over that. I've been praying nonstop and, and trying to figure out how that's all going to play out. But I, I have faith that, you know, God's going to work everything out exactly the way that it should. And whatever happens in 2023 season, um, you know, I, I, I'm going to do it's, it's, I didn't, I, I didn't give up this fight for, you know, for a reason. So there's something else out there for me. That's awesome. Still got your question. I do. Cause I think I have <laughs> to ask it because it's more yeah. of a, a little bit more of a culture question, but I kind of, as you were talking and kind of leading up to this podcast, um, you know, about the football player, uh, that Buffalo Bills, DeMar Hamlin, um, he, yeah. en- he ends up collapsing on the field. Um, you know, obviously just mm. really shocking. And there's kind of this picture of their entire team is on the field and they're all praying. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought about that and then we we're having this conversation with you. And I was like, how do you feel about that? Like, like I, I don't know if you've thought about it a ton, but I just want to oh, get yeah, your thoughts. Yeah, no, every, it, 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 that's, if you look at my, my social media, tons of people tag me in that. And it's, I, I think it, it was a beautiful moment and it, it's really sad. It's like when the Twin Towers happened, you know, on 9-11, the country came together and you heard it from the president and you need to pray for our country. You need to pray for this. And it was so awesome. And, and yeah, it makes my hair stand up just to think about that. Unfortunately, it came to this this young kid, you know, having a heart attack on the football field to wake everybody up. But it was so amazing that everybody just instantly turned on the switch and it was, yeah, it's cool. It's all right to pray. And 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 no matter who you're praying to, we want the best wishes for this guy. And we were concerned as a nation, a whole nation over one football player. That is awesome to me but it's unfortunate that it had to come from something that was really bad but it just shows that god is very much alive and well and that america is very much in in tune with with uh that side of the country so that you know god is still very much part of it and i loved it i loved every single thing about that that everybody felt it wasn't as a protest it was all in unison for the same thing that was awesome yeah I, I thought so too. And I know there was even an anchor that was on, I think it was on ESPN that he also just yeah. started, uh, just started praying. Um, and it yeah, just don't tells make me his- talk about that. I got emotional over that. And I'm not an emotional guy. I'm a Marine. I'm a football coach. I'm a tough guy. Don't get me started on that. Cause that hit me hard. That was awesome. <laughs> awesome. I mean, you're always welcome to talk about it. We're not, we're not trying to cut you off short or anything, but um, I was just, I just thought it was really cool. And, you know, it does tell us something about the heart that we have um, as human beings is that when something horrible happens, we do ultimately believe there's something higher than us um, that immediately makes us think we can't control the situation. So let's pray. Right. Yeah. Um, and I wish, I do wish that we would, kind of like you said we wouldn't do it just when you know a young man has fallen which thankfully he just got released from the hospital which is great mm-hmm. news oh, yeah. um but that we would do it every day that we call on god yeah. every day um and yeah. and that would be and the that's hope. what i do 
I give, that's what most of my prayers was, was just giving thanks. Now in the evening, I ask for forgiveness and all the other stuff. All but, the necessary <laughs> things. Yeah. But every, every single time I prayed with my football team or just alone on the football field, it was exactly the same thing of being thankful. And I am so thankful for, we're, we're such a spoiled nation for everything that we have. It, and I've been blessed beyond any measure more than I ever should have. And it's just so awesome that, you know, that God is still very much part of my life and I will always give him credit. So it's not about me. It's about something, like you said, something bigger than myself. And I give him props every chance I get. And I, I'm, I'm just thinking and believing that America is going to be like, yeah, it's okay to pray. It's, it's actually kind of cool. It might be trending now. The newest TikTok trend is prayer. I don't think that'll happen, but I'm hoping that would be. You, hey, you might, you might have just, um, you know, lit the fuse for that. You, you never know. Maybe. Crazier yeah. things have happened in America, obviously. You, you, are, you are not wrong about that in any way. Um, <laughs> Connor, any closing thoughts? No, I think I think I got my closing thoughts out. I was curious how he felt going back into it, and I mean, the only other thing I could ask about is really just the court process uh, of getting to the Supreme Court. I imagine you guys had to appeal quite a bit. Yeah, going and that's there. what it was was appeal after appeal, and and it, it's not just filling out one form. You got to write all of these things, and it was that was one of the cool things about it is how many people was. Um, they write these things called amicus briefs, which I didn't know what they were. And I have no idea what those are. I've heard the yeah, term. It's, yeah, a it's a times. friend of the court. So people will write in um, like a group or we had, I think it was 30 plus senators across the nation. Um, I don't remember how many attorney generals, but um, all these people, uh, a whole bunch of NFL players, Kirk Cousin. Um, um, gosh, I, I wish I had my list. There was just so many people that wrote in friends of the court to say their thoughts on this, um, on, on it. And I, I, it was so amazing. I don't know how many exactly we had amicus briefs, but it was probably the most, probably close to the most in history for, for, for any court case, which wow. is so mm -hmm. cool to see how many people were, were writing in on um, these, these amicus briefs. And it was, all that paperwork was was so crazy to do and and to wait for so long because you appeal and then they got to vote on it. They got to have their own little meetings and stuff. And the Supreme Court, there were 60,000 that get submitted every year to the Supreme Court. And they took, I think, 60 oh. this past year that your odds are not good. And they took my my case twice, which I, I should play the lottery because the odds of that <laughs> astronomical you know ridiculous yeah. you can't tell me that there's if you don't believe in god prove me wrong take yeah. him on and and prove it you know don't take yeah. me on take him on and and yeah wow that's a good challenge yeah because i guess to me i was just like oh i made it to the supreme court but sixty thousand, and you said they take like maybe 60 a year yeah yeah yeah, and and they took it twice. And not only did they take it twice, because they looked at it the first time, even though they didn't want to hear it at that time, they wrote a bunch of stuff saying, we're very concerned about what they wrote. You need to answer these following questions. 
-hmm. When does the Supreme Court ever give you a roadmap on how to get back? And they were looking for it to come back and they took it. Yeah, no, they were. Yeah, amazing. And and how big this case was and what the implications. So there's this thing called the lemon test. I don't even know if you guys are familiar with it. It sounds really familiar. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, I... He learned so much weird stuff when you're going through the court system. So there was this uh, case, you know, like Roe versus Wade. There was this Lemon versus somebody or something. And it was back in the 1950s. It was even before Roe versus Wade. And um, that's where this whole thing of um, the reasonable observer and what um, really set uh, the... I, I don't know what how they measure if somebody is doing something right or wrong as far as religious things go. And it's been the biggest burden. It's been this huge noose around every single case. It falls back to the reasonable observer and the lemon test. Well, because of our case, my case, it, it um, has removed the lemon, which is going to overturn all these things like the taking down of the uh, Ten Commandments out of places and all these statues and all these other things, all of that it could come right back up. And that's my challenge to everybody is, where did the Ten Commandments go? If anything religious was ever up in your communities, go, go tell them you want to have them put it back up and you could state this case. So this freed mm-hmm. up America. This is more, as my lawyer said it, which sounds weird to me, that we are more free relig- religiously as a country than any of us have in the past 70 years that blows my mind since 1950s nobody's had this much religious freedom in america that's sad and and weird at the same time yeah i don't know what to say to that that's yeah that it, that it's taken yeah. this long yeah and well you take a look at it and, and everybody thinks well of course you can't pray at a school where did you get that from it it's been built into us and Everybody assumes that's the way it is, the, the separation of church and state. Well, isn't that a law? Isn't that part of the Constitution? Nope, it's not. And people just, that's that's why this case was so cool that it, it forget about me as, as, as far as a high school football coach. This freed up all Americans that doesn't matter what job you have, where you work or anything, everybody has the right to pray and, and exercise their rights as an American. That's cool. That's an awesome thing. Yeah, I think the craziest part about all of that is that the the court system, what they were trying to do to you and what the, the school system and the lawyers were initially trying to tell to you is that you couldn't think certain thoughts. Yeah. A, that's what those prayers are. If they yeah. are to yourself, no, it, right. they are thoughts. They are kept to, you know, between you and God. Nobody else is can read them, hear them, touch them or, or see them. And it's just insane to me to think that they were going to try and legislate laws and rules around what thoughts you're allowed to think and 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 the funny thing is is the school district even though they lost i would say the lawyers lost but the the case i won the case so means that i did nothing wrong i was right and you have the right to be able to do this now the school district is saying it's it's so weird that they are still dragging well their lawyers are still dragging their feet and saying um well he could pray briefly after the game and as long as nobody's around no. within 20 yards and i'm like you what are you guys doing this is what got you into this in the first place what are you doing and you want to strangle them because it's like i don't want to go through this again but you're doing the same mistakes and it's all their lawyers those guys drive me nuts 
Next time, just uh, let the Satanist group take it to the Supreme Court. (laughs) (laughs) When they showed up, uh, it was funny. I had all these cameras in my face, and they were like, what are you thinking? I was like, let them in. They could come and sit by me, but they have to stop by. So they have to pay to get in. So Mm -hmm. that money goes to our booster clubs and for our sports sports program. And buy a hot dog because that money goes to it, too. So, yeah. Please, I don't care. More people show up to the game. I'm I'm down for that. Sit by me. I don't care if you want to dress like a, a whatever demon or whatever. I don't. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you do you, and I will do me, and we'll be fine. As long as they buy a hot dog, they can. They yeah, can do they as long as they buy a hot dog. Their options are pretty good. Yeah, you, you. It's all good. As long as you can spend a little money for our program, we're good. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the funny part is that, you know, you did this because you're, you you know, you're labeled as a Christian and you're, you're praying to God. But I mean, honestly, it, it really did come down to anybody that wants to express whatever religion they are, including Satanists, uh, whether they're older new school types. But it really is just anybody. And it yeah. is the freedom to think the thoughts that you wanted to. So, I mean, I think, you know, even people that are, are anti-Christian can at least be glad that your case went to the Supreme Court and you won. Yeah. And, and, you know, no matter, yeah, exactly. And, and no matter what, if you believe or you don't believe you have the freedom to do that. And I would like to say thank you to all the people who think that way. Yeah. You are allowed to do it as an American. So we're cool. Love it. Yeah. No, I love it. Jordan, anything else? Any other thoughts? No, I think that's it. I think we, we covered a good amount of ground in a pretty short amount of time. So, um, (laughs) But uh, I don't know um, if you have a website, but where can people find you if they want to learn more about your story and what happened? Yeah, it's it's pretty tough. CoachJoeKennedy.com. Super Perfect. tough, but I think we can make it yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super simple. And uh, it's got links to my Facebook pages and, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I have people that, um, you know, hit me up on um, Messenger all the time. And I am very much open to talking to anybody. I I'm not going to be one of those guys hiding in Hollywood, keeping, you know, my head in the clouds. I'm very much me and the average Joe. So, yeah, no, come and check it out. Me. And and yeah, exactly. So <laughs> come and check it out and, and you know, ask the questions. If you're for me or against me, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And build your knowledge on that. that and read it. Yeah, we love to hear that, especially on Resident Skeptics, because we are about critically thinking things through as we can. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course, I can't end the episode without just thanking you for your service as well. Um, We also really do appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. Very much so. Awesome. Um, So, you guys, uh, that's Coach Kennedy for you. Uh, We have more guests coming, uh, more exciting stuff. uh, So make sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I guess Rumble. No, we don't use Rumble. They're there. They're there. (laughs) But you can check us out over there. Uh, In the meantime, uh, stay skeptical, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks.